0: I-O-I-O-I-O-I. On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting this game, streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time and your calls.
1: Welcome to Punters Postmortem.
0: Really starting to go through his gears, just continues to raise the bar. Uh-oh.
2: Yeah, good morning and welcome to Punters post mortem on this Monday. Welcome to the COSI tour as well. Dave Stanley with you. For the next two weeks on the road, supporting the Kosciuszko for Racing Wales Tab, and having some fun. But today on Punters Postmortem, we are going to review the Group 1 racing that was on Saturday from Royal Realm Great to see Adamo back. And also, great to have Ron Doversy back on the program, Glenn Munsey, and Chris Root. So that'll be our panel today. We'll take your calls on 1353.53. 53 and on the text line, 0419 Two seven two. A beautiful day in Sydney Town and a good little week ahead. Tomorrow morning, we're going to be in Mwollomba live as we start the Kosciuszko tour. We'll then make our way to Goulburn, Wagga. Next week, we will then be in Nowra. We'll end up uh, in Queen Queanbeyanne. And then we're going on a little trip up to Jindabyne, to the home of the Kosciuszko. And we're going to have some fun with the Big Sports Breakfast crew. Over the next two weeks as well, we're going to be bringing you all the latest interviews from a number of horses and uh, and owners and also trainers that are involved with the COSY this year or hoping to be involved with the COSYOSCO this year. And if you're out there listening and you are an owner or a trainer and you believe your horse needs to be showcased some more, get in contact. You can find me on the uh, the Twitter world. You can also get in contact with uh, Sky Sports Radio. We'd love to hear from you because uh, whilst we've got that market open at the tab on uh, what the bookies believe will be in the COSYOSCO, as we know... If you're an owner out there and your slot, uh, or you win a particular slot or win some tickets, then you might be selecting your horse. So we need to get these horses on the radar, and I'm more than prepared to discuss that with anybody over the next couple of weeks. It's going to be all about the COSY. Let's get into our race meetings today, though, because we do have two sets of scratchings so we do have two sets of scratchings to come through we've got new south wales venues today and we will preview these after uh, punners' post-mortem this morning so stick around you don't have to uh to go anywhere we'll try and find your winner as well across the country with a lot of good meetings on this monday but we've got bathurst and lismore lismore of course gets underway at 20 to 1 and bathurst at 1.35 so make sure you are getting yourself sorted big week ahead might be book week in your part of the world go as the lion and the fox let's head to Tanya Thomas how are you Tanya
3: Howdy, Dave. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Yes, let's start with Lismore, where the weather is overcast. The track is a good four. The rail is out two and a half metres from the 950 to the 700, three and a half from the 700 to the 350, one and a half from the 350 to the winning post through the remainder, and there are 27 scratchings. As you mentioned, the first race is at 12.40. Takeout number two, 45 Park Lane, three Cherry Soda, Five World Charmer and Eight Northern Star, two, three, five, and eight. Race two, number three, Biako, number three. From race three, number four, Hell Approaching, five Lookalike and Eight Lady Falvalon, four, five, and eight. Out of race four, number ten, Miss Fassifern and the Emergency 13, ten and thirteen. From race five, number three, Dream Entity, number three. Race six, number one, Diwali Lights, 2, Fermi Prince, 4, Inari Fox, 6, Last Descend, 7, Avenge, 9, Redheads Rock, and The Emergency, 19. 1, 2, 4, 6, 7, 9, and 19. Race 7, number 2, Cosmo Kramer, 13, Miss Nikonoff, and 14, Toughnut, 2, 13, and 14. And race 8, takeout 5, Nick Missum, 6, Sinopari, 11, Dimitri, and the Emergencies 15, 16, and 17. 5, 6, 11, 15, 16, and 17 from Race 8 at Lismore. To Bathus. the weather is fine. The track is soft 7. The rail at 2 metres from the 1200 to the 350. penetrometer 6.6, and there are 22 scratchings. The first race at 135, takeout number 3. Come on, Harry. 7, Noble Privilege, and 8, Do-broid, sorry, do-broid. 3, 7, and 8. Apologies to the owners there. Race 2, number 2, Dao Sun. 11, The Percentage, and 12, Taekwondo. 2, 11, and 12. Race 3, number 4, Heading Your Way, and 6, Prancing Lass. 4 and 6. Race 4, number 4, Sky Ace. 8, Fear the Truth, and 9, Kamiya. 4, 8, and 9. Race 5, number 4, Successful Star. 6, Newfangled Jill. 4 and 6. Race 6, number 1, Hampton Cove, five Agent Moon, six Phases, eleven Move in Denman and the emergencies sixteen and seventeen. One, five, six, 11, 16 and seventeen, and out of race seven number five Whiskey Jack, six tough case and eleven in Zagi. Five, six and eleven Dave, out of race seven at Bathurst.
2: All right, fantastic. Uh, thank you very much for that, uh, Tanya. Looking forward, as I said, to looking at uh, those meetings today on Sky Sports Radio and having some fun with well, his back. And great to have him on board for the big spring ahead. Even though we're not there, it certainly felt like it on Saturday at Randwick. Ron Doversy, welcome back to Post Postwater, mate.
4: Yeah, thanks, Dave. It did feel like it. It was some magnificent racing, and obviously the wig Stakes stole the show with some uh, a really good field. You know, I don't know how, how many better horses we're going to get we get the star of the show there, an animo who uh, stood alone and owned the race and but there's some there was some fantastic runs behind and some good racing all day
2: good to have uh, glenn munsey back as well on this monday good morning muns morning dave good morning to ron good morning to all the listeners and of course chris roots coming up yes yeah, what a
5: great day at ramwick on saturday track a little bit how you're going but
2: uh the quality of horse was definitely there for us. It certainly was. And I think Chris Roots is live with us very, very soon. We'll have Chris Roots from the Sydney Morning Herald, of course, with all the latest news. And, uh, well, both himself and Ray Thomas from the Daily Telegraph, they're going to be uh, flat chat for Sky Sports Radio and Sky and also their own publications as the spring approaches. So we're going to take your calls on thirteen fifty-three fifty-three. If you've got a question for Duff from the weekend we'd love to hear from you and also on the text line and if you've got any of those curly ones for Mun's, let's really stir him up on this monday let's talk about the wink stakes boys uh you touched on animo mun um duff from when you saw him as a three-year-old to now is he sort of done the old growing up into a man did he did he look sensational on saturday there
4: uh look he looked well he's still got improvement to come as you'd expect and uh um, he 's always a worry the horse in, in in general as far as um his attitude and his his dominance and he 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 's a standover sort of a occult but uh he's at, he gets to the races and he plays up badly apparently down at the stalls but uh, once you get him up and moving he's he 's fine and first up last preparation uh at the past few preparations he's been well, pretty bad he, he sometimes he can be worse than others. Um and although I don't know what happened down the back he apparently was playing up but uh, once he got focused in the yard walking around everything was fine with him he's always had a little sweat there uh, first up once the jockey gets on board be, you know just behind between his legs but that's uh, nothing we worry about um, he's just a complete racehorse and the thing that I love about him now is they know they can ride him into a position um, early on, you know, they were teaching him to settle out the back. I hate that. And uh, when he's got a barrier, you know he can capitalise on it. And, well, he's pretty nearly untouchable.
2: He certainly uh, Compared is. to
5: both of his trials, Ronnie, when you looked at the the vision of his trials and he'd sweated up bad on the neck uh, in both of his trials, he was very, very composed compared to that on Saturday.
4: Yes, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And uh, hopefully... Uh, that'll just knock some raw edges off him now with that run under his belt, and we'd like to see improvement again next time when he, when he comes in, and um, then they're cooking with a lot of gas. Mm.
2: Let's talk about some of the uh, the beaten brigade because uh, you mentioned um, Duff. There were some cracking runs behind, and there were. Let's start with the fan girl. Um, there were some chat. There was some chat about her on the putters panel. I know form line. As uh, she was touched on as well, based on the fact that she had been, she'd been trialing lovely. Uh, did she exceed the uh, expectation for you on Saturday?
4: I don't know whether exceed. I think we're. Um, I'm, I was really. She was one horse I was really looking forward to this preparation. I've got her marked down, um, you know, ep handicap with an asterisk, um, and she didn't let me down there on Saturday. Uh, we can know uh, she can. She's pretty adaptable. Uh, sort of a mare. We know she's a a good miler, and she's even won a little bit further um, when she won the uh, Vinery. I think it was 1800 there at uh, Newcastle. So she's strong. Uh, she's a beautiful Epsom type, and she's um, she's been well handled. Uh, there was little, a few little hiccups along the way, but that was on heavy tracks last preparation. Uh, so no, nah, uh, she's come back enormous. Uh, she's she's. Uh, Uh, She'll tick along and she'll peak on the right day. There's no doubt about it. Along with her stablemate, uh, who who should not be left too far in the shadow, and that is Hinge. You know, when we're thinking, uh, you know, pre, post, forward markets, if uh, you know, she's pretty well tied to the hip. Fangirl and Hinge. There's not much between them except Fangirl. Maybe just has that little bit better turn of foot when needed, but we're hinged. She was put into a position there on Saturday, and then when they sprinted, they left her, but when you have another look at it, she she was really strong on their heels, uh, doing really good work late. So, and she's a strong filly. We know she's a st- really strong filly, uh, as well. So, or mare as she is now. So, uh, I, I think her connections would be over the moon with that first up performance as well. And we can go down the list. I thought Profondo was great. Wide no cover, doing a few things wrong when the, when the speed slowed. Um, so. He is in for a good prep. He'd had a lovely grounding, and uh, with three trials leading into the race, and he is—you uh, know—he could develop into, you know, uh, one of these really big weight-for-age performers. I know he's—he's only—he's still work in progress, and a lot of work's gone into him, but I think it's working. And well, no one missed Benno. Um He was—he was unbelievable as far as um, a three-year-old three-year-old stay coming back. Um, The Stockman did good work going through the line. Forbidden Loves on notice. Uh, And obviously there was that drama of Dewey was scratched on race morning, but she just trialled at Hawkesbury uh, with Saki. They've they've both trialled along quite nicely there this morning.
5: Ronnie, what do we do with Moonga Now... You, you said uh, well, you said on Saturday, and you repeated it yesterday on Thoroughbred Weekly, he was more of a cult in the yard, or cultish. He's past being a cult. He's a, he's a bull. Um, he, he was more of a, on his toes and, than what Animo was. We, all eyes were on Animo, his behaviour, on Saturday. He walked in like a lamb compared to Moonga.
4: That's right. Yeah, actually, say all eyes were on, thinking that was going to be the favourite. You know, prancing and and whatever, and carrying on. But it was uh, it was more Moanga. Uh He was a little bit of a forgive where he got to and whatever. But he's a funny horse. He's a he's a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde, isn't he? He he. I can't back him with confidence in 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 anything and, until he shows a bit of stability in his form. And I'm not saying he didn't have stability last preparation. He had a couple of runs and even the start before. He has no big failures there, but he's just a little bit hard to catch. And when he's on, he's on. And when he's not on, he's just behind them, you know.
2: Well, I think we've got Chris Roots on the line now joining us. Good morning, Chris. Great to have you on board, mate. We're just touching on the, uh, the wink stakes. What about from a, a news perspective? What was to come out of uh, the first group one here in Sydney?
1: I think there was a lot of smiles there from a lot of different trainers. That was the big thing and tears from James I think you've probably already touched on that the, the gamble to bring Profondo back was uh, was um pretty big for Godolphin and um it looks like he's come back a lot lot better and um just the racecraft he's got now it's just unbelievable he can put himself into the race if he can do that over 1600 I think I think he's I think he's probably best trips a mile and he can stretch and drop down so he's one of those horses who's an ideal stallion for Australian racing because um, if you look at all our great stallions, they've all, all been great milers. But away from the winner, who was the obvious, John O'Shea was very happy with Beno. There is an argument he might have run second if um, he stays on Animo's back at the, at the from the top of the straight and doesn't go looking for rums, Reese Jones. But he was trying to do the best thing for his stay and get him out into the better ground. I thought Provando, as Ron, Ronnie said, I thought he was fantastic. I thought first up... For, for basically almost a year, I think he couldn't put a line through the preparation in the autumn. Spoke to Richard Lid after the race. I said, "Where do you go now?" He goes, "We're not going anywhere. We'll be in Sydney." And I think as the race is extending distance, he'll get a lot closer to to Animo. And with Zaki coming in, we're going to have we're in for some great weight for age racing. Um, uh, Chris Waller was happy with his two mares. I think um, Hinge probably with a little bit more luck. luck you could could make an argument she should have been a little bit closer. So, I think everyone as, on a whole, right, most people come out of the race happy. Michael Michael Freeman will go back to the drawing board with um, a bit forbidden love. Uh, just one of those ones where you sort of start scratching your head, and uh, I think um, she might have to drop back to mares work.
5: And, We've got to... uh, just uh, we we We're had going, that huh? issue with Jewis. Jewis has bounced out of that. Yeah, Uh, that hiccup on Saturday with that little heart arrhythmia type situation. She's already trialled this morning at Hawkesbury in the Zaki trial. Zaki up on speed in the trial. Dewis settled last in the trial and was giving a searching sort of hit out the last uh, 200 metres and made go past the post there in a 1,000 metre trial. So, um, all good um, at this stage. Edward's talking about
1: going to the the Menzi in Melbourne. So, uh, be interesting to see whether where he does that, or, and he hasn't been been afraid to go down there before with her, and she, we know she goes on that leg. So that's um, pretty, pretty pretty important going down there. She she might go start down there and then um, come back, which would be probably a better preparation to get her into a George main as well. Um,
2: just on, uh, well, we've got our first caller. We'll go to David, who's on line one uh, on Animo. Morning, David.
0: Hey, hey, uh, you going? Welcome back, Duff, and have you had a good break? Good to have you back. Um, Thanks, David. Just with Animo, I think... Well, I mean, he's it's a, quite a rarity today. I mean, he was a probably the best two-year-old of his season. You know, he second in the slip, or third in the Blue Diamond, won the Sires and the Todman. Then he's gone on to be an outstanding three-year-old. You know, won the Caulfield Guineas and nearly won the Cox Plate. But it's quite rare that you see a horse who's sort of the top two-year-old, top three-year-old. And I think it's really good that they haven't um, sent him to stud. I think so many times, I know... There's a lot of money to be made from sending your horse to stud, but I think it's great that these horses are kept in work. Because I just said too many times we're deprived of knowing exactly how good they are. They retire them so early, and um, he is a rarity today that you don't often see that. You know, a top two old, three old, and as an older horse,
5: have oh. they kept him? Have they kept him racing because it is Godolphin, and they're not a commercial organisation? They basically breed their own.
4: I think it's the opposite I, I think Godolphin are the are the first to send them to stud because that's what they're that's what their organizing about they're 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 about uh, making stallions for their for, for their for their uh, business and as soon as they're proven as stallions they go to stud if you look back in history they don't re- they've, they've retired a lot of three-year-olds uh, to stud and I think it was a even if you're listening between the lines with a few interviews it, it was nearly a it was a, it was a, it was a the vote was more in favour of uh, retiring him than not retiring him. Uh, that Retiring him than not, yeah. So uh, it was a big, bold move for, as far as their organization's concerned, and I hope they get a dividend. And is it more about now that we're wait, racing for all these monies, maybe this is the start of the times where... Um, where we might be able to get more champions around you know, yeah, i'm not calling him a champion yet but because i'll get shot down in flames but I, he, he's on his way and he's close to it uh considering his profile and what he what he's won and what he should have won and mm. i'm convinced he should have won the cox plate um so and he might win it this year to, to, to redeem himself um yeah i i, I think with all this prize money around now for these, we've got four-year-old races with money, we've got five, you know, Golden Eagles, and we've got races for five-year-olds now. So hopefully there's a real carrot for these really good horses to go along another year or year and a half or two or what because they can earn a lot of money. I know there's a lot of money at start, but there's a lot of money to be made on track as well.
1: Chris. He's, he's the sort of horse stuff. Yep. He's the sort of horse that's, um, if you look back, uh, James is um, convinced he would have won the um, Golden Slipper if he had 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 had, had drawn a barrier. So, um, if he wins that, do we see do we see him now? Probably, I'd say no. He he was beaten in the fastest ever Golden Rose. He, he was he was beaten in a photo finish. He was beaten by a horse that probably should have lost the race on protest in the Cox Plate. So, if he wins the Golden ro- Rose, if he, if he comes through with a profile of winning the Golden Rose, the Caulfield Guineas, the Cox Plate. We would have been talking about him as the next superstar and would have been trying to celebrate him on Queen Elizabeth Day. Yep. Rather, we're getting to see him now because he's had near misses. He he, he's, he has been on what if. He, he's sort of almost a the here, of but now he's going to get the choice of it's not what if, this is what I am, and I'm the man in Australia. 100%. You
4: know, you've said it all. Um, and I think uh, another thing in that is that they're not scared to write him properly. You know, I know it's all about he's he get these horses to settle and, and, and finish off, but sometimes it's been overdone with him. And that's cost him victory on many occasions. So uh, he's, a, he's a horse you like to see draw well And and uh, McDonald knows him well now And uh, uh, they're not scared they're, they're not negative on him anymore you know, I've seen him negative so many times And it's just It's a head scratcher You know you, you, uh, you know Each trainer's different You know You've got the Tommy Smith style I go back to the old days You've got the Tommy Smith style And you've got the Bart Cummings style You know you got to get these horses to settle You've got to teach them to race And it costs them a lot of races early But um, yeah, he's a fine line one. Where he's he, he, he's maturing, he's mature now, and you can you can you can ride a race on him. You know, if you had to lead on him, you'd lead on him. Why wouldn't you?
1: Talking to James James about it, he said he was a wind up horse. So he said we had to ride him like that because I think and I think it's mainly because in the early races, in the sprint races, he found it hard to keep up because he's such a relaxed individual and can. But he's got such a big motor, so that he could make up the ground when he had to. Had to in those two, in those early two and three-year-old races. So they ride him like that. But he said, James was convinced. Now you can just put him, and he said, Look, you know, I can put him. I can put him wherever I want. And if he's two horses closer in a lot of races with his turn of foot, he just um, is so explosive. He, he he was usually making up the ground with his turn of foot. Now he's going to be taking. Um, going away with away from them with his turn of foot, which which is um such a big advantage when when you when you can race on speed and um that's why that's why Tommy Smith and Gay Waterhouse are so so are always so keen to lead. If you've got a horse with speed and stamina, they they they're very hard to run down. But this horse is, I think, he's just going to go from strength to strength. I can't wait to see him against Zaki because I think they'll probably be able, in a similar spot in races and they'll come together and it might we might get some really. Um, thrilling jewels in the next couple of couple of months, and that will be great for racing because we've got a new audience, and we need um, two re- really top line horses clashing, and for people to have opinions. Because what happens, and I think this happens throughout the ages of racing, if you get two horses that are, uh, are fairly even, you get two camps. You get the you'll get the animo camp, and you'll get the zaki camp. And I've got a couple of mates, and I've got one who's an absolute Every time Animo goes round, he, he he's sending messages out now before the race. Animo's going around. I have got another another good friend who's who's a um, Zaki Zaki fan who's already gone out and got the hat and the shirt. So that's what that's what these these really good horses instill in punters and instill in the public. So we we need to encourage these horses to clash, and I hope Annabelle and James uh, go along similar pro, programs because um, it'll just enhance the spring and enhance the story of the spring.
2: Certainly will. We've got another caller on the line uh, for to discuss hinged and if you ever call by the way for our panel, thirteen fifty three fifty three. Mark, good morning to you.
0: Good morning boys. Hey uh, Duff, good to have you back, mate. I've really missed you over the last few months.
2: No, no worries, mate. Uh,
0: did you see the winner of the Doncaster on Saturday? I didn't it wasn't <laughs> fan girl. I think it was the stable mate. She's got some guts, that girl.
4: Yeah, look, I'm not going to argue with her. I I touched on that point. I'm I'm a fangirl fan, uh, but um, she doesn't need to be lost in the talk because, uh, like I said, every horse has got a price, and if we all jump on fangirl and say, I want to be on fangirl um you know come come the epsom and she's ends up a you know four dollar chance and hinged is ten or twelve dollars all depends on the next couple of runs obviously but uh, the market's probably right at this stage uh with with fangirl probably being favorite and hinged you know just behind her but um i'm, just, I'm not going to argue with the, the the two clubs each side there because hinged is very strong and um they're both ideal types, I say.
0: The other horse has got the turn of foot, but she's got the ticker, I think. I think she'll be sure she'll be winning the no, no, Epsom
1: the anyway.
2: Yep, you
4: stick with I
1: them. It. Thanks, mate.
2: Fantastic. Thanks for your call, Mark. Uh, a couple of texts here about Stockman. I know you mentioned Stockman uh, in the start of the analysis, and we'll get to some other races very shortly, but... Just going back and, and re-watching uh, on the Racing New South Wales uh, website, you can watch these replays and also via Sky Racing's new website. Jeez, uh, Clippo was just um, keeping him wound up late through the line there. He was almost in front of the field, wasn't he? Um, about a furlong pass, Duff?
4: Yep, he rode him up and rode him through the line, didn't he? So he, he, he wanted to give him a nice hard run. Probably got a, a longer racing mind for him, Joe, next time, obviously. And, uh, yeah, that's the start-off race for him and he... He, he, he comes through with pretty well-flying colours.
2: Fantastic. <coughs> All right. Uh, now let's go to the toy show, guys, because there's a, a few texts here about Jamea and also, naturally, the winner, uh, Zapateo. Uh, Duff, what did you make of uh, the toy show? And obviously, great to see Rachel King get a double as well uh, on the day.
4: Yeah, she connects well with these uh, gelding horses. They're uh, finding these. They place them in the nice horses with the, the handicaps, with the lightweights and she gets the job done on them. And uh, I keep saying she's got such a great attitude, uh, uh, Rachel. If she comes out and rides a bad race, she brushes it off and and, uh, and then produces a, a, a pearl. She's a Zapata is a very interesting mare. She's she's been. And kissed and cuddled all the way through. She got right through to that Denise's joy at the end of last preparation and she was very good and we all saw that trial um at Kembler, her and Jermaine and we we all liked that trial and that form did stack up there. I my my point with the uh, Zapoteo is she's very smart, she's very sharp, she was very dominant, uh, but Eleven hundred meter is eleven hundred meter form. So when she comes out and does it at twelve hundred, then we're going to talk her up, um, saying that well she's she's a she's a pretty good mare. Uh, until she does that, she's a very good 1,100 meter horse. Um, so let's just see if she can cross that twelve hundred meter box off, and then they can you know aim aim higher. And Jamea, well she just found the eleven hundred too sharp, didn't she? Uh, she's more, she's not an eleven hundred meter horse and she she was terrific. I thought Sky Command was unbelievable there um I've always just thought oh she's a wet tracker and whatever but um i I always look for horses that do early work and 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 still stick on you know, so I, I, you know it's very hard for a horse to miss the start charge around the field in the first two hundred meters and then stick on so I thought hers i won't say a hidden run. But it was a very good run from Sky Command there. months
1: hey, I'll go on, Chris. It was one of those races. um, Lapiteo, um as you said, Duff, she's been really well placed. So when they step up after this race, they step into set weights and penalties races. She's going to be kept going in with uh, uh, a listed penalty rather than any group penalty. So she's going to have a big advantage the first time she steps to 1,200 m- metres. And She's probably going to be, uh, you'll probably consider under the odds because she'll be very well found by everyone off that, um, that um, win on Saturday. In fact, Jamea ran a faster last 600 than her, and Tommy Berry, um, he, um, coming out of the barrier, she she clipped herself a couple of times, Jamea, and Tommy Berry considered pulling her up. That's why he, he lost a length and a half. I spoke to Tommy yesterday. He said, um, look, she did she, her action just wasn't right, and I was I was a bit worried about her, so I sort of was considering pulling her up. And then while I was doing that, because she's a horse that needs you need to keep at to keep it keep it keep it going, she lost a couple of lengths and probably lost the 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 court the bungee cord on the, on Zapateo. So she was so far behind her, she was chasing her all the way. I thought she was great through the line. She's run 32, 33, thirty three four home, and um, uh. She was getting tired towards the end but she was entitled to because she'd been chasing chasing running sub 11 sections from the six to the four and the four to the two so she'll go to the i think she, i think she will end up going to the theo marks they they're a little bit concerned the prices about taking her to the through the mayor's grades because she has to carry that two that two group two winners penalty in those um set weights and penalties races so she'll probably she might stick their handicap and be a light rate chance in a race like the theo marks which is the race that Winx used to, to start her four-year-old campaign, so that's the um, that's the fallout of that.
4: I'm getting a yeah. bit of sick.
1: I'm getting a bit
4: sick of everyone telling me last two hundreds and last four hundreds in racing. We're, we've all got these sectional times now, and, and and uneducated punters are going to these sectional times that we're all getting at the end of the day. And telling me, oh, this run the last, best last two hundred of the day. The best last, two. they're all backmarkers. Of mm. course, they're going to run the best last two hundred of the day, coming from 15 lengths off them. Um, I'm not a I big. Think, fan. I think.
1: I think God. stuff. It's more, and when you when you look at that, of course they're going to run home faster. But it's when they've got to make ground and chase from the six to the in the in the in the race from the 600 to the 400, the the, the 400 to the 200. And they make ground there. That's that's when you can sort of use it to your advantage. The last two hundred, everything's at its top, and and anything that's um that's made its winning surge at the, at, at the three hundred meter mark is dropping off in the last hundred meters. And not, it's not. It's a optical illusion that they're finishing fast. It's just that they they're not tiring as much as the other horses, isn't it? Uh, on, Ron, it is it not? Come on, It's all about the next gen. Exactly.
4: Get, get on it's the a, bus. It is a a furfy. It is. A piece, a very important piece of a very, uh, very important small piece of a big puzzle. Uh, we know you've got finishing speed. No early speed you know, is, is the worst thing. You can have as much finishing speed as you like, but if you've got no early speed, it's a huge disadvantage. Well, in that race yeah, there,
5: if, if you look at the, you know, if you want to pull the sectionals apart and everything like that, six of the 11 horses broke 11 seconds between the 400 and the 200. Now, n- nothing breaks 11 seconds the, the last 200 metres of the race. So yeah, it, it's all, a, a lot of it gets to the stage, it's information overload. We we try and provide every conceivable piece of information to punters now to make it more attractive and give them the educational tools to think they've got an advantage in doing the form. Now, it's how you interpret all of this information. You know, some people might say, you know, that's very, very heavily reliant on what their last, you know, 600, 400, 200 is and everything like that. But, you know, a lot of people might say, well, it's only relative to other horses on the day. You know, there might be a race there where the the, the top five finishes for 600, 400, 200 for the day all come out of the one race because they crawled to the turn and it was only a 600 metre race anyway. That's right. You know, and yes. you know how, how do you how do you interpret all of the information? And and that's the great thing about the you know once again that's why they call it gambling. It, it's not an exact science where you put all the information in and it'll spit out every winner. Because I've been in, in this game for a very very long while, and I'm yet to meet anyone that's backed every winner.
2: Mm. So you think there's but, too much uh, over analysis stuff?
4: Uh, look, uh, look each to their own, and yeah. there's some very successful punters around. Probably the most successful punters are around are, are the, the ones that put all that data into their big computers, but it's not about finishing speed. Duff, Paralysis you, by
1: analysis. Duff, you, you've been out a long time. Do you use the. You, you obviously use some sectional times, but do you use your eye and then have them confirmed by the sections?
4: Of course, it's all, you know, I think the map's more important than the sectional times, you know, like it's every race is a different challenge, and the map doesn't always run to what you think, because everyone's got a map now, and the slow races turn into fast ones, the fast ones turn into slow ones, um, so, you know, there's some cl- classic cases, we can we can all do the form and line up there at the form line on Thursday night and do our speed maps, and then two, the three of the speed horses come out, it's a whole different race. And a yep. lot more's got to go right than what you think. So, look, uh, Glenn's right because if, if we all had doing this form the same way, we'd all be falling on the same horse, and uh, and there wouldn't be opinions. It, opinions drive markets, and and then uh, you know it, it levels out late when the big money comes in in the last couple of minutes, and people work out the overs from the unders. But it's, that's been happening gambling for you know <laughs> since it started. But uh, as far as us all sitting here today and saying, oh, look at this last 200, you know, it's run it's run 10.9. You know, the Stockman's run the fastest 200 of the day. But, you know, it, it, it means it's a small piece of the puzzle.
5: Yeah, just, just the horse and the sits, other sits thing. four wide, four, and four, four or five wide in 1,100 metre race at Rose Hill with the rail out six metres. Yeah. Uh, and runs yeah. home its last 600 in 35. Has it gone a lot worse than the horse that's two lengths behind it that's two off the fence and runs home, you know, a, a length and a half quicker? No. The horse that's done all the work early has gone better than the horse that's had the blood run.
1: And the other thing with, with it, and if we're talking about how you can become a winning punter or you can, you can find winners, the best way to... to to um, have an edge these days is find the horse that um, no one else has found and you only you do have to be right on a certain a le- less amount of occasions because the market gravitates particularly in sydney to two or three horses in most races if you can find one outside those two or three horses you're obviously you often get a price that's completely inflated
2: Let's take a break, gentlemen. 135353 is the open line number. Give us a call if you want to get involved with the conversation. On the other side, we'll look at the Silver Shadow Stakes here on Sky Sports Radio.
1: You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem.
2: Yeah, you most certainly are. Ron Doversy, Glenn Munsey, Chris Roots and Dave Stanley with you this morning. And your call's on 135353. We've got another caller on the line. Mark is joining us. G'day, Mark.
0: Oh, g'day, Dave. Listen, I have a comment from Ron Duffy or even Munns, too. He's been around a long while. An expression of some of the tactics that are used by these wonderful riders when they're in these races and get a horse to perform to the final degree and even win by as little as a lip, which happens so many times when you go to the races. You can do all the form you like, but you're reliant specifically on the fitness of the horse and the credibility of the rider and his talent to do so.
4: Yep, that's that's a fair comment. You know, you still you can do all the form and you like, and that can turn ugly if things don't fall right in the run, and uh, you know that's 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 uh, that's part of the business. We all know that, and and the horse has got to be you know in the right shape to do it as well. They just don't always run to form and different stages of their preparation, uh, but. Uh, the ability of the horse, the ability of the rider and the ability of the trainer all comes into the uh, the calculations as well. It's a big, big jigsaw puzzle. Well, look at, look at
5: Saturday. Everyone had the fence or close to the fences being off. Willie Pike basically stayed on the inside in every race that he rode in. He didn't think the inside was much more different to out wide. He said, why would you want to be getting out wide and covering further ground when you can just stay closer to the inside?
2: He thought he was back at Ascot. He yeah. thought the, the seas are
5: parting here. I'm going to go up it, the inside.
2: He'll learn. He'll learn
4: quick enough in Sydney. <laughs> well,
5: he, he might have someone tell him um, that, that Look, they, they want a, a horse ridden a particular way, rather than him riding it the, the way that he wants to.
4: Uh, well, but it got to the stage. Look, I, I don't mind, I, I don't mind when the fence is off, especially as long as the rail's in and we leave it to the jockeys to work out, not forcing him to be seven metres out. Or, and, and I, I heard Chris last week and I, 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 I that seven-metre rail... At, I'm changing the subject now. That seven-metre rail at Rose Hill should be banned. Um, just let them find the best going themselves. Um, and I got no issue with the Ramley track on Saturday. And if Willie thought the fence was all right, why was he five off the fence when, uh, you know, on Zoo Gotcha? You know, so <laughs> if he thought the fence was great, he should have stayed right on the fence. Uh, See, so once they start... Once they work out the pattern and, and they follow the sheep out, uh, then they're overdoing it. Then you can save your ground. Then you can come up five off the fence, um, you know, like your uh, animos, like your zoo gotchas. Uh, you know, you, you, you can do it once they find where the right spot is.
1: We've got... Yeah, uh, and, um, we need, we'll go, Chris. We need Jim Cassidy back to, we need Jim Cassidy back to just to go off the fence in the last and make a move <laughs> we That's <don't> really. um, <laughs> right.
2: We've got Craig on the line who actually wants to talk about the running rail. Good G'day, Craig.
0: Good morning, mate. How are you going? Look, can we get ready, mix in and sponsor a couple of races? <laughs> that will offer us free concrete. And we can cement the bloody run and roll in the true position all the time. We've got enough parables now trying to work out the winners and doing our form without having run and roll smooth. Like, years ago, the run and roll was never moved. Let's leave the bloody thing... Where it is? Who, who makes that decision? The course curators or whatever, because they they've got to be about as popular as the fart in a space suit. Haven't
4: they come race day? They've got a tough job, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I'll uh, I'll invest well, in actually, a cement company.
2: You, you blokes have been around longer than me. From history, when did the, the the movement of the running rails start, and what was the 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 basis of it starting?
4: To probably keep the tracks. You know, in good order. We've got a, a lot, of racing these days, and and they've they've got their their grid. We go well. This is how we do it. We go we go normal two or three six nine whatever you want to do, and then they then they start again, and they think it's an even spread across the track, and that's fair enough. It's good for their uh, to keep their track in order. But um, they, they, look, like take for Saturday for instance, we had a three meter rail, so they've used the. They've used the five-metre rail outwards, so the three-metre rail must still come into play. Maybe we should have the three-metre rail next time as well when it's um, and then the fence might be all right. But that now that's protected, that three metres on the inside. But I suppose they they, they look at it, but um, if they can be a little bit more... you know, they, they think, oh, we've got to have... They're thinking too far ahead um, because they think this is the way... We've got to have our track perfect on... Whatever it is, Everest Everest Day, Day or something. Yep. But it, it, what, was that an important meeting on Saturday? It was an important meeting. So it was a Group One meeting. I know I'm not. I'm not saying three three meters is a good spot. But the week before, at seven meters at Rose Hill, we had good racing. You know, we had a Rosebud on there. Good horses. I mean, why should they be out there? If I own one of those horses that, you know, drew drew ten there at Rosehill, and and uh, you get a track like that, uh, it's 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 depressing
5: well here's, here's a question it, for, for all the listeners and all the computers and everything like that if someone could send in the last time that the rail was in the same position for two meetings in a row on the same track give them a prize dave out of the prize cupboard yeah we've got i think some
2: big sports breakfast caps but um, when did it start though boys when did this move well, of the rail start was in it the 90s a or rail, rail, when dave and you couldn't move yeah it. no no but when then did they it tried start? the cutaway.
5: That way, well, or I... old Kenny Keller has never been the same since I brought the cutaway. <laughs> but,
2: but, but, and and would you guys be? Well, it sounds like you would be. I mean, is it is it now probably not in carnival time, but in a time and off peak time? Would it be interesting to see if the rail wasn't moved at one of these particular venues, maybe on a Kenzo or something like that, and we could then start to to see what it was like if it's not moved. Is it all about? Is what it all com- about? It? It, it seems. It seems like it's all about aesthetics. That's all it is. It's all cosmetics. about um, yeah cosmetics, and also uh, too. Is it also as well the vi- the the visual scene of Duff that on a big race day, if you've got you know horses getting right out wide and all this sort of thing, they don't really want that. I'm, I'm just oh trying to I,
4: why why don't you want that? You got no. I track. don't
2: want that. I, I don't. I just want to back a winner. I'm yeah. in your. I, I,
4: I, I just don't want fence on fire. It's dangerous. Uh, it's unfair i i wouldn't i don't give a bugger if, if the if the fence is off uh, that's fine with me uh, it, there's plenty of the rest of the track they can find uh, i just don't like it when you've got a mad rail track it's i, I know it's yeah. hard to read and they've got a very hard job and and we're dinosaurs and we don't move with the times and, and this is how they do it all over australia so they've got to be some merit in it but oh. fence on
1: fire is is dangerous racing Talking to Michael Wood on Saturday, and, um, you're lucky, I'm not, I'm, I'm guessing you're, we're lucky that Duff didn't know the track managers conference was on there on, on there this week, and, um, all the track managers from around Australia were there on Saturday, so you could have gone up and had, yeah, taking your ready mix up to them and getting them all a bag before they left. Them. I didn't um, want to come home. <laughs> <yeah>. uh, talking <laughs> to Michael Wood, he said the the thing that hurts his track more than anything else at Ram Week are those winter meetings. Because there's no no new growth so at the moment there's no growth in the grass so the reason they move the rail is that that they don't the track doesn't recover as quickly so um if you can get, can give that t- track just a little bit of extra time to recover on the inside that's why they do it but once hopefully we'll get into september and hopefully it'll be like the old september's where you're wearing shorts and t-shirts to the footy at the footy stadium and um cheering home the raiders to win the comp but um Let's let's just um, if we get the, get that growth, they, they might change the pattern of what they do. But they've got set they've set out what they want to do. And I think if you are Brett Devine could probably send us it, at RAM, we got, they've got where the rail's going to go for the next the, for the whole of the carnival. So I think it's on. I think it's in the true position two or three times. And I'm, one of those is definitely Everest Day from memory. And I think the other one might be might be George Main I think it goes to three for Epsom.
2: All right. Showmanship. Uh, stacks of text here about showmanship. Uh, Danny O'Brien, um, these Peters colours. Uh, gee, it was, a, it was a nice win, wasn't it, Duff, in the, uh, in the show county?
4: Yeah, look, the writing was on the wall uh, that he was a good thing once they scratched from Melbourne, you know, for a horse with his profile that has only had one run in two years to want to start him off in, a, in Sydney. suggests that he was more than in order. And the market told you that as well after they you know assessed him at six dollar chance on Wednesday and then they 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 at twelve o'clock they they see James McDonald booking at fifty four and a half he was straight into four dollars and then uh, they never stopped after that so yep he's a lovely horse he's a, yeah I don't say he's a lovely horse because he's a he's just a little little fella but he's uh he's a, a winning machine ten starts eight wins uh, he's had a terribly uh, Suspentry, suspensory injury They've nursed him back And um, full marks Full marks to them He's a, He did the job well to do what he did
2: He certainly did Demunz, uh, what did you make of the performance of Showmanship? we well, got Glenn there We might have lost Glenn I'll come to you then Chris What did you make of the performance?
1: Yeah They only went steady in that race And he did a good job to pick up um, Prime candidate, didn't he? I thought um you know for him to be a seven-year-old and bob bob to keep keep him going just shows you what talent this horse has and um i don't know where we where we end, where he ends up whether it's maybe a ripper clark in melbourne probably looks like the group one that has he had would, would suit him best so um i hope we get to see him again in sydney maybe he'll come back for a Fio marks marks in a couple of weeks in three weeks time so he's um he's definitely got a lot of talent and James was pretty happy to keep Willie Pike off one of the Bob Peters horses, I think.
2: Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say. Um, very much so. Uh, you're with the Chris Roots, Glenn Munsey, and also Ron Duffer. See, a couple of texts here about Dean Lester as well. Dino's going to be joining the program next week. Uh, as I've been mentioning over the past three, four weeks, uh, when we've had our sort of winter edition of punters post-mortem, and I thank all the the, uh, the experts for chiming in and, and assisting over that time that, uh, that Duff and Dino... Uh, we're away, that uh, he is in much better health. Dino, you know, you'll start seeing his tips popping through back on the the tab app and the tab website, and um, it's going to be great to have him back because we're going to have those good races uh, south of the border as well firing up, and we need his opinion and analysis. And we're going to see probably plenty of Victorian horses popping up to Sydney to try and get our cash, so we're going to need uh, his analysis. So. Uh, We'll have Dean Lester back uh, next Monday on Punter's Postmortem. We'll take a quick break. When we return, 9.51, get your calls in. 13.53.53 is the open line number.
1: This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. You are on Punter's Postmortem this
2: morning. It's great to have Ron Darversy back. We've got, uh, of course, uh, Chris Roots and Glenn Munsey joining us. And I believe we've got a caller there. I think we've got Dean on the line. Morning, Dean.
0: K'day mate. How
2: you going Very good, mate. What's on your mind, mate? I didn't.
0: I don't know if you spoke about it already. I'm just curious if you like what you thought happened to Durston on the weekend.
4: He just bolted. He just took charge. agree. Um, he, Chris will have to sort him out. The way he raced on Saturday, he, he got he got shoved out, no cover there, and then he just uh, took charge of the rider and uh, off he went. So he was. Uh, that was the end of the section for him. So. Yeah, I didn't know that was in his makeup. So I think um, Chris will—I don't know whether he takes him back to another trial or does some work or changes the gear on him. But uh, yeah, yeah, he, he just had a bee in his bonnet there on Saturday and and locked his jaw and off he went.
1: A terrible run!
4: Yeah, well, you can't you you can't finish off when you do things like that in the middle of the, you know, in the middle of a race. He he just. Um, he, like i said he just he's mentally uh wasn't there he's maybe you know he got to maybe he got to that two thousand meters a little bit too quickly and was a a, a little bit fresh so uh, um yeah i thought it it was a, it was a forgive run I just must say uh, considering when that did happen and he softened up grove ferry that wasn't a bad run from grove ferry
1: mm.
2: Mm. beautiful thanks for your call dane uh, now we got i think we've got lenny. On the lot, no Lenny uh, joining us just yet. Um, uh, you've still got a couple of more minutes uh, on thirteen uh, fifty-three fifty-three. Um, while we're just just looking at this uh, Sydney meeting, uh, there was a couple of texts here about the premiers' cup, uh, the run of Francesco Guardi and uh, Arapaho, who just um, just continues to surprise. I think for Bjorn Baker,
4: he does, doesn't he? he I think they they fluked riding him probably the right way you know they've been you know belting him up on the speed there and he and he he's been doing a good job riding the speed but um, he found the right race to take a sit on uh, sit in when they did go hard after uh, that horse we just spoke about Durston took off and um, considering you know he probably wasn't as well off at the weights as a few there he he did a a good job, I thought that might have been a good result for the bookies there, was, not many people would have found him even though he's been pretty consistent uh, for the last few months so I think um, that was probably a little bit of a surprise
2: um, I think we've got Glenn Munsey back uh, Glenn, we were just discussing then uh, the the run of uh, Arapaho and uh, Francesco Guardi, what did you make personally, I mean they're just amazing what this Ma Eustace team do uh, with Impulsar because that's that's not your setup, is it? You don't like that coming from Melbourne, first time to Sydney. Um, but they just—they just freaks at it. Yeah, well, they—they uh, they belie the uh, the averages,
5: Dave, with horse, uh, horses contesting races of two thousand metres or longer. Yeah, um, the Kieran Marr, and uh, you know when you get to distance races, Dave. Well, you know he, Let's go to this situation here You had Strawberry Rock Who was coming here for its first run Was racing Impulsa That was coming here for its first run Two runs ago Impulsa started $4 favourite In a race at Caulfield That Strawberry Rock started $31 in They finished alongside each other And Strawberry Rock was put up A $2.60 chance on Saturday And Impulsa was put up an $8 chance Now after that day Impulsa went to Packenham and won Starting favourite again Strawberry Rock started $26 In a race at Moonee Valley I know that uh, we had the situation there. So why did Impulse, it was $8 in front of Strawberry Rock, was $2.60? It's a
1: great SP profile, isn't it, Munns? It's one of the great tools that you can use to find a winner, find at the class of an animal. So I think, um, uh, it was... It, it, and... Um,
5: you know the, i know you know it's always great after the ball but the ride won the race because brenton Abdullah said well here's a race 2400 this horse they tell me that needs 2 miles albeit its form didn't say that in england or in ireland sorry uh, and there was one leader, so United, so Brenton said, I'm best to be up outside the lead here if this is very, very one-paced. It's not much good to me getting back in the field in, if they're going to walk, so I'll just drive him up outside the lead, and traditionally, if you keep going at the one bat in a
2: 2,400-metre race, you win more than you lose. Boys, we're going to need some horses to follow as we wrap up the program today, and we'll get these down on the social media uh, very soon, so I'll get you to text them through. We'll uh, start with you, Duff. Horses to follow from Group One Racing in Sydney?
4: No, oh, I'm going to be very, very boring. Um, fangirl, Profondo, <laughs> um, maybe even Hinge, but uh, yeah, Fangirl and Profondo, uh, great returns.
5: Glenn? I'm sticking with too much to bear, Dave. Uh, perfect case in point there with, you know, looking at the, what happened in the actual race. He was, uh, And he's been one of mine, and I've been with him every run, but he jumped from 1,500 to 2,000 on Saturday, three wide for the entire, and still was only beaten just under two lengths. I think it would be greatly improved from that run. Uh, and I think he'd be cherry ripe now at his next run. Probably even if he stays at 2,000 his next run, I wouldn't be sacking him. Uh, The obvious ones, I think you've got to get away from the the, the top quality races because they're harder to, to find there, and they're going to go into much more difficult races. Impossible to miss the run in the first race of Robage. Uh, had no luck whatsoever resuming. So he can go back to, you know, Taree, Port Macquarie in, in a in a Class 2 race there. And I'll tell you what, Jalmari went pretty good in the first race there. Having his first round, he looked fatter than I did. And the, the difference in Jalmari and Bandy's Boy, both trained at Goulburn, both trained by Danny Williams. I'd say Bandy's Boy was revved up to perform there on Saturday, whereas Jalmari... Well, was uh, nowhere near as advanced as what uh, Bandy's boy was. He had 63.5 kilos. He is just a wet tracker, so he's going to be looking for wet tracks, but I'd be sticking with Gel Robage out of the first. And some news uh, Jerry Harvey has become the majority owner of Alligator Blood, and it will now race in Melbourne.
2: Yes, uh, too good, Jerry. I wonder if he got that 48 months interest free. Now, we've got to. Uh, give a shout out here to some of the venues Uh, just wanted to mention that uh, the Bankstown Bankstown Agency is leading the sales at the moment when it comes to the Kosciuszko so Kosciuszko tickets obviously in full swing five dollars, how can they do it Glenn? Well, Dave, you can get on the, you can go to the agency. You go to the lovely agent there at Bankstown. You
5: might want to go to the lovely agent up at Padstow and buy your Kosciuszko tickets. So actually, I've done a bit of arranging for a syndicate that's purchasing a fair amount of Kosciuszko tickets and they're going into an agency to do it. Uh, I've arranged with the team there They and I'm talking a significant amount of uh, tickets they're buying there. You can walk into your agency and do it. You can do it online, tab.com.au. You can do it via the app. You can do it by, doing the QR code that comes up on Sky Racing or Sky 1, 2 and Sky Thoroughbred Central or you can actually purchase them on track at different race meetings around New South Wales um, and uh, you'll be seeing plenty of people in the next couple of weeks Dave on, on yet another uh, tour that you're going on there and uh, I noticed the van the other day we used to have a tab green van of course the tab in New South Wales their colour is green and it's green all around Australia now but you managed to paint the van blue. Yeah, they uh,
2: they've uh, spent some money, painted it blue for the Coles So So uh, the do town... you drive that
4: yourself? You uh, drive that yourself?
2: Sometimes, depending. Oh. You go away oh. there. Sometimes. Not the long, not the
4: big line, just the little line. <laughs>
2: just the yeah, one, yeah. little one. Yeah. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I saw a, I saw a map from the Marulan Bar, and, and uh, I don't know yep. if you drove up there, did you?
2: Uh, no, we're, we're heading up uh, to Marulan this <laughs> afternoon, Muns. After oh, the yeah, show, are you actually,
4: yeah, you know, Willie Nelson on the road again.
2: Really nice. No, tomorrow I'll be on the road, but uh, I've got to get. Do, to you, that do you meet the van
4: location. at the Bar Airport, or
2: I meet the van at Moolumbar <laughs> Airport? Yes, just to yeah. kick start. Only because I'm like I take a leaf out of Munzer's book. I've just working a solid <laughs> three hours today, and then I've got to do some stuff. And yeah, um, I've got to give a shout out too to the Eagle Agency, William Farrow Hotel. Yes, Soldiers Club, the Miller Agency, and also Wentworth Leagues Club because they are our top six venues, but Bankstown um, are leading at the moment. So, so the uh, William
5: Farrah the Punters Club, has stepped in because the uh, the other pub in Wagga, yes, the Union Hotel, I think, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, it was the Union Hotel that were leading last week and we yeah. sort of threw that out there and now the William Farrer. So our top six agencies are Bankstown, Eagle Agency. Where's the Eagle Agency, Glenn? Oh, to be up high, Dave. Uh, yes. Crow's
1: nest. Would that be Eagle Hook would that be the Eagle Hook
2: Agency out near Canberra or not? It might be. It might be. I know that the Yas Soldiers Club, Miller Agency and obviously Wentworth League. So uh, they will be uh, continuing to get those that data through as we continue our tour. Gents, we've got those horses to follow. Thanks so much for, for chiming back in, Duff. Thanks, Glenn. Thank you, Chris. We'll catch you uh, next week. See you guys. Thanks guys. See
1: you mate.